Welcome to another episode of our conversation on Giants in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Megan and joining me for this series is without a doubt absolutely nicest person on this podcast. The yin to my yang, the Oreo cookie to my icing, the most beautiful Casey. Aww. Yeah. And this episode is going to look at giants in pop culture and fairy tales uh, and also meander around the most common kind of giant in 5th edition, the hill giant. So, but before we get started, Casey, what's your hot take on loincloths? Yay or nay? Loincloths, I mean, they have their place. They have a purpose. <laughs> like, I mean, it's the modesty aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Have you ever come across somebody who wears wearing a loincloth? In everyday life, thankfully, no. Um, I mean, I, it, it's impressive. Uh, the the Like, as long as there's not a, a strong wind or a, a gust of of a gust, any any gusts of any air, gu- yeah. <laughs> I can see things going awry. Oh man! But uh, I mean, yeah, there. Yeah, right? It's true. Um, I used to have a bunch of guy friends that lived in what I'm going to call a frat house, but it wasn't a frat house because none of them were in college. They just lived in this house together, and mm-hmm. one would regularly wear what would be considered a loincloth. It was just being like a waist wrap. Oh well. Mm-hmm. And then be completely buck naked, but not beneath. And would constantly cross and uncross his legs on a regular basis. So, wow, I am sorry to hear that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> boys are gross. <laughs> yeah, boys, oh my god. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Let's just get right into it. So, um, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about giants in fairy tales and pop culture and things like that. So, we have talked a bit about giants and how they appear in different mythologies and children's stories a little bit here and there throughout these episodes. Um, so, you might hear a couple of repeats and a couple of repeat references, but for anybody new, basically the only thing I could really find was Jack and the Beanstalk, yeah. which is your most popular children's fairy tale. Or all I was reminded of was, did you ever read The Big Friendly Giant? Yes. In school? Yep. Like, I feel like every every child has read that book, mm-hmm. right? Which, basically, I feel like something that's commonly considered is that giants are not intelligent creatures, but, like, most of these stories and fairy tales would prove us otherwise, if that makes sense. So, giants are, especially, so, giants are very commonly used in Norse mythology as well, which is why I feel that the development um, of uh, the Storm King's thunder and all that, it, it really rings true uh, to the loose tie-ins of, like, Norse mythology and how that fits in, because giants are big in Norse mythology, so it kind of makes sense that it's built into that world. Definitely. And that's why I feel like that's why I find some of the most famous giants within that book. In mythology and, like, fairy tale, giants are very well represented as, like, big, scary, and actually intellectual, intelligent creatures, in most cases. They technically build kingdoms, they are a royal guard, they are strong, independent giants who raise chickens, you know, like Jack and the Beanstalk, shall we say. Or they just downright, or they, or they are just downright the villain. Mm-hmm. Basically, the stories you tell your children when you want them to behave would include giants. I think I remember telling you about how, actually, to calm me, my parents would tell me that thunder was just giants bowling in the sky. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, like just small things like that. Yeah, and like if wandering off in the forest, there was like the giant in the forest or the giant in the cave type yeah. of thing to. He's gonna come and take your children away yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, like, they're usually represented in such, like, a, either a scary way, but, like, they can't be villains if they're not intelligent, in my mind. But, however, like, if you think about Jack and the Beanstalk, the giant is painted as the antagonist or the villain, but when you consider the situation, 
Um, if you're Jack and you're just rocking up to a giant's cloud castle and talking shit and taking his shit, wouldn't you want to kill Jack too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, giant or yeah. no giant, I would want to end that man for just being in my space, to be honest with you. And taking my crops? <clears throat> like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Jack is the villain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Totally uh, agree. So, which brings me to our world of pop culture. Um, I do ever feel giants are used sparingly in pop culture that I have been exposed to, shall we say, and tend to following one very simple trope, which is the big friendly giant, which I've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like that process of they're painted as these scary things, but really they're just really kind at heart. So the first thing I thought of was actually Princess Bride. Yeah. Where Andre the Giant played, who is a wrestler in real life, played Fezzik, which is is referenced as a giant constantly. Mm-hmm. Like in the circus of people, he is considered to be a giant, but really he's just a big dude. Um and he literally throws rocks. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> <laughs> like they they did that on purpose for uh, sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Like someone read a D and D book at one point in time and said, "Okay, well, you're just gonna use rocks." Mm-hmm. Like all I can remember is that scene where he like cracks the rocks together and like shatters them and like breaks them with his bare hands. And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, he's a fucking hill giant." <laughs> yep, and he and he's a gentle giant yeah. as well. So they wanted to portray yeah that kind of large but maybe not so bright but gentle giant, which which kind of contradicts some big giants yeah. like in the true giant realm as well absolutely like he was he was not like depicted what you would classically consider looking like a giant mm-hmm. he was just a big man with a trope of low intelligence as you said and utilized basically only for his brute strength mm-hmm. like that was referenced many times in the film that yeah. he's just there for the for the brawn right like he's just yeah there like for the, go smash down the door carry like, me here <laughs> carry me there <laughs> yeah but he, of course, turns around and is just, like, a big softie trying to help his friends out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one that saved the day at the end, like, bringing the horses in to carry everybody away and whisk yep. them away into the distance, right? Yep. Like, he's just a big old softie. <laughs> uh, the next thing I thought about was the labyrinth, the David Bowie one, specifically, where we have a giant, and I say that in quotations, who goes by the name of Humongous and who lives in the walls of the labyrinth and is inherently frightening and makes people run away. But really, he just wants to be everyone's friend. Literally, the only English word he knew was friend. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just the cutest little thing, because he would just wander around and meander around. He just wants everybody to be happy. He likes cuddles. like. But he was <laughs> he was brought to their attention as this big, scary thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he does look scary. He's got, like, the big, like, ogre t- kind of teeth. He's very large. He's very fuzzy. Like, he would be what you would consider to be a classic giant-esque creature, but he was very, very well portrayed as something very positive and very happy, mm-hmm. right? Um, I really do feel like this goes to show that the depiction of a giant in both myth and pop culture is that they are misunderstood due to their primitive natures mm-hmm. um, and just outright gets taken advantage of. If you think about the fact that they have the low intelligence for most of them, but they're not like stupid, stupid. Like yeah. most of them have an intelligence level where they can, again, build cities, build castles, maintain an ordining. Uh, they have, like, their values, they have family, they've, like, they have all these things. Like, they teach kids, again, we learned that there's masonry, there's metalwork. Like, they all have a purpose in life, and they're all very intelligent creatures. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, and some, like, have learned a second language and built alliances, built agreements with, like, non-giants as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Giants are people, too. (laughs) (laughs) They are. The but as a whole, how does that kind of make you feel that that's how they're kind of portrayed in pop culture, where we tend to lean towards their actually nice creatures? Um, Do you think that fits the bill for D&D? 
I think, well, having, before I knew a ton about giants, I had the, the similar thing. They're either like gentle, lumbering, not very smart giants, but they can't really do any harm. And then there's the the chaotic ones that are like the, the horror story. Your scary brutes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it does, doesn't do them justice because... If you think that way and then you're in an event in an adventuring party and you come across a giant and you don't necessarily differentiate between which one it is or what it is at all, if it's one of the elite ones, for sure that's not great um, to come across. But from not knowing anything about the background, you just kind of like, okay, it's a giant, whatever, and like you either basically you would try to attack it, <laughs> not yeah. really try and talk to it. And it does it a huge disservice. You can find out real quick whether you're going to win or lose on that one. Mm -hmm. I love how I'm about so. to repeat myself when I talk about, like, kobolds. I always say talk to your kobolds because kobolds, they're just tiny little dragon creatures. You're just going to kill it on sight. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, talk to them. Like, they've got <laughs> they've got something going on with their life. I feel like giants are the same. I yes. Like giants, yeah. I would want to talk to them. And however, we did learn over the course that a lot of them don't speak common. A lot of them just yep. speak giant. So communication <laughs> would be a little bit illustrious but like i i think every character built in the last little while has known giant as a language it's like i have learned over the years it's like helpful it, but it, but it isn't it isn't because sometimes you'll have dms that don't use it but i do i know we talked about languages in another episode but um the fact that they have their own language and their own writing and their own like like linguistics that's something that you can learn and the fact that it's runes is one of those things where a lot of the history is written in giant. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever building a character that requires history, like yeah. learning giant is very fucking helpful. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyways, I, I we digress very far away from pop culture <laughs> on that one. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just have a lot of feelings. All right, mm -hmm. before we get into the actual lore behind hill giants is what we're going to talk about next. Before we do, Casey, what wine are we drinking today with our hill giants? Of course. The wine. The wine. All right, we are going right to our roots with BC wine, Mission Hill. How many people could have guessed that one for Hill Giants? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be clear, Casey and I did search for other Hill-related wines, and this one just kept coming up. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are drinking a 2021 Reserve Pinot Gris. Went Ooh. real fancy for our last true giant uh, discussion here. Yeah. And I remembered to chill it. Aren't you happy? Uh, you know what? I'm stoked <laughs> that we have a chilled wine today. Might as well. Nearing the end of the true giants, we might as well just get this right. Right? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Cheersies. Cheers. Classic. I feel like I drink this wine a lot. Yeah. I think I could pick this one out of a, of a blind tasting. Be like, oh, yes. yes. Ah, that reminds me of my 20s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By the way, Casey and I are both very young. <laughs> <laughs> very. Very young. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so let's talk hill giants. So these are your classic giant brutes who wander the lands in search of food, just constant food. As mentioned in previous episodes, these giants are the most commonly found as they tend to wander all the lands and dwell in the hills and the vast landscapes. So hence Mission Hill. Hilarious. Love it. Nailed They're on it. a mission. They're yes. on a mission. And they live on hills. Uh, so basically, if you come across a giant in the wild, it's probably most likely going to be a hill giant or just an asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? one or the other. One or the other. All right, due to wandering around in the great outdoors, they tend to be on the more tan color um, as they don't wear sunscreen. 
sorry. Get him on board. <laughs> and they're all eating a loincloth, so that's a lot of skin. But that's it. So, but also, this means that they sweat a lot, and they just fucking smell. It also is an added disgusting visage of the fact that they don't wear or make proper clothing. Uh, they basically use what they can uproot. So like animal skins or like poorly defined, literally written in the books, thongs. Like I would like to be very specific about that. Is that, that is, and it says poorly stitched. Which, poorly stitched. With their hair, Casey. With their hair. They stitch their thongs with their hair. Oh my God. Yeah, put that, you know... Gross. Just disgusting. Uh, so, just, yeah, we're moving on to how they're gross. They're just disgusting. They mm-hmm. smell, um, they tend to, like, eat things and, like, hold it in their mouths so their breath is probably just absolutely rancid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just disgusting creatures. And you know what? They don't care. No. They, they don't fucking do care. not give two fucks about it. In fact, when you have to consider where they sit within the ordering, they don't know. So for anyone that's joining us now for this episode first, uh, just a quick thing. The ordering is just um, the hierarchy of the giants. Um, Each giant considers themselves a part of the ordering for one reason or the other, um, but they respect the ordering. So like storm giants are like your top tier and then it just moves down the line. Mm -hmm. Hill giants are technically at your bottom tier giant. However, they don't know that. They just think they're in there and they probably... Well, they don't even know what the ordering is. So this is the most interesting thing about them, I think. So because they're so primitive and they don't... Basically, they consider size and power to really determine the fact of leadership. So because this is just how they operate and the fact that they are the smallest of the giant families, um, they just listen to those that are larger to them. So they get slotted into the ordering naturally at the bottom because they are the smallest. Right. Um, but other giants would consider them to be called, like, the ordning of gluttony. Because all they do is eat food and wander around. And they are technically beneath all other giants. They're like the, the, the pity inclusion. It's like, okay, we'll acknowledge that you might, like, be in this year, but you're at the bottom. Yeah. And then they, just don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell the giant that. Uh, so we talked about the fact that they're eaters. Well, not only do they eat a lot, but they are selfish eaters. So they usually hunt alone or with their dire wolf pets. They have pets. They have dire wolves for pets. Um, so they don't have to share their food. All I can think of is Joey from Friends who says Joey doesn't share food. Joey is a hill giant. Mm-hmm. So back to pop culture. Joey's a hill giant. Yep. <laughs> How many memes are there? It's like, yeah, a hill giant would say that. What? <laughs> I'm going to start doing that now. I just need to... This is a hill giant. Um, <laughs> they actually... Okay, so they actually do also play a game called Stuff Stuff, where oh they God. try to fit as many gnomes or goblins in their mouths before swallowing and choking. Um, and this... In my mind, this is the game that we used to play as kids, like the marshmallow yeah. game, where you try to fluffy, stuff as many... Fluffy Bunny. Fluffy Bunny, yeah. <laughs> Except there's this called Stuff Stuff. <laughs> Oh my God. So from now on, I feel like if I'm ever going to play this the Fluffy Bunny game, it's just going to be, I'm going to be like, hey, who wants to play Stuff Stuff? And they'll be like, what the fuck, Megan? Great. <laughs> oh, it was Fuzzy Bunny. Fuzzy Bunny. We're going to be corrected because there's probably, there's probably a number of names. Fuzzy Bunny? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like Fuzzy Bunny because it imagined like putting fuzzy marshmallows yeah, in and it's like, Not about that. Yeah. That's a bad mouth feel for me. We'll go with Fluffy Bunny <laughs> we'll for today. Oh, my Atlanta. All right, so they don't really have a culture of their own. It's weird. So, except for, you know, eating, hunting, and then just fucking in the hills. That's that's their culture. <laughs> so, the funny thing about them is that they tend to take on traits from other cultures as they watch them before they eat them. 
So like for instance, if it's if there's there have been forests that have been destroyed by hill giants trying to climb the trees to be like the elves that they have hunted and killed. Oh my gosh. Like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like or they'll like crawl on all hands and like all fours because they've watched other creatures do this before they eat them. Mm-hmm. So, and I also feel like they would pick up language and words every once in a while, but it would be the wrong word for everything mm-hmm. because they're just picking up one. I think that would be the funniest thing in the world. It'd be like, <laughs> look, look at a dog and it'd be like, yeah, that's a rabbit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I heard someone say it once. So that's, that's a rabbit to me now. Right. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so they, they have a tendency to do really stupid things, but don't tell them that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you offend a hill giant, it will kill you. For being yeah. a dumb creature, they don't actually like being told they're stupid or being made to look like a fool. Like, they don't actually like that. So I can imagine, like, if you are a crew of, like, um, like you come across a hill giant and you're trying to trick it, if mm-hmm. it finds out that you're trying to trick it, it will kill you. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like, I'm sorry. Like, fuck you. I'm not an idiot, even though I am. Yeah. Feelings hurt. Yeah. Like, it's got a lot of feelings. Yeah, and that's where a spellcaster in your party could try and use charisma base to command it or do something different. But if you roll an at one or roll really poorly and it doesn't succeed, then you kind of throw a hill giant into a bit of an anger rage. <laughs> yeah, and then all bets are off. And then you rely on your frontline smashy smashers and the wizard or whoever's like, oops, sorry. <laughs> Oopsie doodle, my bad. Did not mean. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it on kind of like where hill giants come from. So Casey, hearing all that, what's your favorite part about hill giants? It's the loincloths, uh, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty good. Now that there's a thong involved, I don't know. <laughs> a thong stitched <laughs> together with hair. Uh, they're... What do I think? Um, I hate that they're disgusting, because that just goes against everything and it kind of makes my stomach do like a twist thinking about how you could describe their disgustingness to your party. So I hate that, but I love it because you could do so much with it as a DM mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, like he's got, no, I'm not even going to describe it because it will make me feel ill. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that. Um, so it's one of the only giants that we've discussed, it is the only giant that we've discussed so far that is just so dumb that's all they've got going for it is they're disgusting and they like go chaotically into battle they have no strategy and um like anything goes so you can't really predict what they're gonna do necessarily um because they don't have a lot of options but they can do a decent amount of damage and they can just randomly do stupid stuff too so it's kind of fun, and they can be encountered at any time. Like, mm. you don't have to be in a certain type of environment yeah. or anything like that. Like, if if your traveling party just needs an encounter, you can have a hill giant stroll through. Absolutely. And so that, I think, is helpful from a DM's perspective. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to mention, was that because you don't have to be in a very specific place, like, uh, again, like frost giants or... Storm giants or cloud giants have to be in the fucking sky. Like, you yeah. don't have to be somewhere specific to walk across a hill giant. Mm-hmm. You can walk across, like, a clan of hill giants if you wanted to. Like, a cult of hill giants you could build, which is one of the ideas I came up with in my head was I would love to have a little cult of hill giants. Mm-hmm. Like, worshipping, like, the one largest hill giant that it has. Right? Yep. And 
I don't know. I, I think that they're really, I think that they're really neat. Again, it's kind of like you're, it's, it's the kobold of the giant world, right? Mm-hmm. In my mind. Um, would you ever want to play a hill giant in D&D, either as a DM or maybe even as a player? Oh, I didn't even think about playing it like... Like as an NPC? Yeah. And or PC, yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I think they would be really fun and easier, honestly, as a DM. Yeah. <laughs> like, less, less making sure you get kind of traits about the giant right, because there's minimal that you have to remember. So that would be fun, because you could just kind of play dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and and throw throw it at your at your group. Yeah. I think it'd just be like a good, especially if you're playing in a very serious campaign. I feel like it would be fun to throw a hill giant in there just to like, I don't want to say for comedic relief, just for the sense of being sensitive towards my hill giants that I'm not very defensive of. Yeah. But it would just be something fun to play. Just like. Yeah. And like have backwards conversations with your, with your, with your players, right? Like yeah. just constant circles of taking everything literally. <laughs> like it doesn't have to even be stupid. It's just that it takes everything you're saying literally. Yeah. Like, um, even, even if we can understand you, cause hill giants only speak giant. They don't speak common. But again, I think it would be hilarious to have a hill giant that has learned random words that are incorrect. Yeah. So you'll say something like, oh, we need to go to this XYZ castle. And it brings you to like a well. Yeah. <laughs> like thanks thanks yeah bud. and um, it and it starts like it saw somebody petting like say a, a like livestock or a dog saw a human petting it and then they're like oh we pet things and then like starts just petting like humans and <laughs> and it's just like like yeah you are my pet now and then just pretends it's like a dog yeah it's like oh my god could you just imagine like it just rocks up to your party and then just starts like petting the barbarian <laughs> Yeah. Nice barbarian. <laughs> or like, oh my God. Just because we have so many animalistic characters in our group, like in our current oh my gosh. campaign. Yeah. We've got a Loxodon. We've got, um, uh, what's the lion? Leonin. Leonin. Yeah. And then. Furbolg. Furbolg. And a ship shifter. A sh- uh, yeah. A shifter who's a cat. Yeah. Yeah. A mixed bag. I'm the only human <laughs> character in our group. And then a half elf. And then a half elf because... <laughs> Because Megan. Yeah, because Megan. <laughs> Megan does these things. Yeah, and speaking of the campaign that we're running right now, like, I also, like, maybe it was three or four sessions ago. Again, a perfect example. We were on the road and, you know, random encounters happen. And just how things went worked out with rolling, like, stealth or rolling perception, we came across this random hill giant um, that came up over a sand dune, I think, yeah. and then was just throwing pumpkins at us. Oh, yeah, it was the pumpkin throwing. <laughs> oh. And when that encounter, like, when it came that, okay, there's going to be an encounter, the grin I saw on Adam's face as he, like, was like, okay, and gets up and then goes searching through minis, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, when Adam gets up <laughs> to search through minis, you know it's going to be a shit time. Yeah. <laughs> And it was. It was super fun. It was a good time. I got old. I fucking hated it. It's so good. Just to be fair, like, when we say random encounter with Adam, it is the most random of encounters. Oh, yeah. Like, dice rolling and card drawing. That's how random our encounters are. Does a great job. Good job, Adam. That's your yeah, compliment well for the um, but I, I know we're talking again about how stupid and idiotic hill giants are, but not all of them are stupid. So, um, I know there's a couple of famous ones that was Grolantor or what have you. Yeah. What's that? So Grolantor, that's what we're going to go with for pronunciation. Yep. Um, 
is one of Anam's sons. So we've talked about Anam in several different episodes, if not all of them. Yeah, it usually comes up, yeah. Um, So one of Anam's sons, and not surprisingly, the one that they all try to forget and pretend just never happened. They're just like, oh, Mm -hmm. God, it's like that one at the table, you know? Yeah. Um, But don't feel bad for him for that reason, because he's a complete dick. Like, it's like... Twat waffle. (laughs) That's what I like to say. Yes. Very well put. Yeah. Um, and essentially it's because he, he shows up, he expects to be treated as an equal to all of his other siblings, but he's a complete dick and he actually is just like, what's the word? Um, mooch? Selfish. (laughs) Selfish mooch. Yeah. Like he... He's the youngest, in my mind he's like the youngest sibling that just gets whatever he wants and is an absolute mooch. Yes. And so he won't go hunting. He will just go and steal the food that his siblings have caught. So going back to like extreme laziness and how basically one of the things that hill giants do is hunt. That's one thing. He doesn't even do that because he's in this group of siblings that do it. So he just steals from them instead of hunting. And then he also goes around thinking that he's one of the strongest and picks fights with them. And like they just beat the shit out of him every once in a while. And it never, but it never changes his mind. I feel like he would just be covered in scars, but like, yeah, Yeah. Scars and bruises, just like looking just disheveled all the time. Yeah. And And then he thinks that makes him look badass. Exactly. And then that's what other hill giants see and are like, oh, he's seen amazing battle. Like, he's amazing. No, he (sighs) just picked on his like bigger, better brother and got the shit beat out of him. Yeah. And that's where the scars come from. For good reason. Yeah. Like, he's again, twat waffle. Yeah. Like, I just. And they even mention the scars as well Mm -hmm. um, in the descriptors of him. So, good. You are right on. Phenomenal. That's awesome. How would you, would you ever use him in a campaign somewhere? I think I would use his influence by playing another hill giant that, like, tries to emulate and, and, like, be like him. And so that guy might call himself even, like, some sort of different name to Grolantor. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like, I have this guy, this is a guy that I love. And <laughs> that's how he, like, goes about his day. Yeah. Um, so then it would be, like, the reference to an idolization of that guy. Yeah. But maybe not him in, in, in a one-on-one sense. Yeah. In the campaign. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, um, I would almost want to use him as him. And he's just, like, wandering around. And, like, I would want it, I would want it to be, like, the group would kill his brother. And then he would be like, wait a minute, this barbarian in this group is stronger than my brother. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to follow them around and I'm going to eat their food when they sleep because they're <laughs> like, he like, he just switches over instead of like bothering <laughs> his brother. He's now bothering the barbarian in a group who's like close to being his size, but has proven that he's stronger than him. Yeah. But would always pick fights with the barbarian. Mm-hmm. And like the barbarian would probably be equally as stupid and think it was just a fun game and they'd become like best buds. And then it would just become a buddy cop movie. Yep. This took a weird fucking you've, turn. You've thought about this. <laughs> I love it. I don't know, man. I think it would be hilarious. Yep. And it can show up at any time. Because, yeah. Because hill giants. Yeah. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, speaking of, let's just go right into some stats and some numbers for them, shall we? 
So hill giants, as discussed, are the smallest and dumbest of the crew. Uh, they are still considered a huge creature and are chaotic evil. This checks out as they have a one-track mind, like if I think about their one-track mind capabilities, and they don't mind murdering for their food. So mm-hmm. they don't mind, again, coming rocking up to your crew and killing all of you to take the hunt that you just got. Like, they have yeah. no problem with that. So I feel like they're, they're the ones where if I read their actual, like... Um, alignment, it, it fits. Like we talked in the other in the other episodes about the other giants where yes, they have an alignment, but you can play them one way or the other mm-hmm. because they have a society, right? These ones don't have a society. So they just kind of mill about and just be chaotic evil because they don't really care. Yeah. Right? Um, they have a natural armor of 13, which is one of the lowest, um, I think. So they get up to like 16, 17 for natural armor. Hill giants are only a 13. Um, and have a healthy average health pool. Again, the lowest, I think they're just over on average over 100, whereas other giants you can get to like 130, 140, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they have a speed of 40. So mm. not the slowest out of all the giants, but definitely like slower, right? Con and strength are their top stats. I think this tracks since they are thought to have stomachs of steel because they eat anything. Yeah. Even if it's rotten, mm-hmm. even if it's poisonous, even if they'll just fucking eat it. Yeah. Right? And then, of course, because they hunt, they, strength is just naturally required, right? Like, these will pull their weapons, like, out of the ground to, for their weapon, right? So, and just, just to say, I just have to say this out loud, uh, their intelligence is negative three. So we're not just making fun of them for the sake of making fun of them for being stupid. Their intelligence is quite low. It's yeah. negative three, which really tracks based on everything that we've talked about. Yeah. Right? And they can only speak giant, which we mentioned, and have one of the lowest perceptions out of the other giants. So they're, again, very one-track minded. They're hunting. They're doing their own thing. They're not expecting to come across anybody else, and they really don't care if they do. Mm-hmm. Because they'll probably just eat it or kill it. Yeah. Right? I think anything is considered as food first before anything else so if you like come across one that's finishing its dinner it's not going to look at you and think anything other than is that more food yeah (laughs) Mm, more food (laughs) they as i mentioned they carry a great club which it's usually just like a tree branch or a tree trunk that's pulled from the ground um they don't actually have like well whittled weapons in any way shape or form similar to how we talked about how they're thong loincloth is stitched together (sighs) with their hair um their weapon is just as archaic shall we say mm-hmm. and, but i mean it's it's a great club so it's a plus eight to hit and deals 3d8 damage of bludgeoning damage yeah so that can do some it, it, it's a whopping amount of damage yeah and they also throw rocks of course yeah absolutely so i was thinking about these ones though and i feel like a hill giant wouldn't have the time to run up to you and hit it with with its great club it would probably throw rocks at you from a distance at mm-hmm. first and be like get the fuck out of here what are you doing or even use rocks for hunting because they don't have bows. They don't have yeah. they don't have weapons for ranged hunting. So they are probably are pretty good at rock throwing. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, like I could just if they went into one of those rock throwing competitions that happens, I think they would beat out everyone because they do this on a daily basis for hunting. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, and they would probably mouth off to the stone giant, and the stone giant would be like, "Bitch, please." Like. <laughs> yeah, like I I would crush you with with my thumb. Mm-hmm. Like. Get the fuck out of here. How tall are they? I forgot to write that down. Hold on here. Because, again, they are the shortest, but we have been talking about their different heights. So let me give you a final height meter here for these folks. Uh, Storm giants are 26 feet tall. Cloud giants are 24 feet tall. Frost giants, 21 feet tall. Stone giants, 18 feet tall. Same as fire giants are 18 feet tall. Hill giants are 16 feet tall. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So they're big, but like they're not like gargantuan in any way, shape, or form. They're just like twice, three times your height. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to do men- no twice your height if you're like you're, no one's eight feet tall Megan your barbarian might be eight feet tall but like Maybe. if you're on average like five feet tall they're three times your size yeah so it's still big enough to be intimidating and be like oh fuck oh yeah you still don't want to fight one like nope I- <laughs> if you can avoid fighting any giant I feel like you should just avoid fighting mm-hmm. any giant but um but yeah and I feel like they are kind of like. They are like the yappy little dog versus the Great Dane, where, and that's what they do, is they just, like, mouth off and get mad at their bigger compatriots. Absolutely. Just just mouth off, yeah. Yeah, and the other ones are just, like, that disdain side glance, like, ugh. (laughs) Hill giants. (laughs) Fucking love it. Um, Speaking of that, so that's the stat block for your basic hill giants. Um, I believe we do have some other special giants that we can go through. Yeah, we've talked about an elite giant for basically each of the different types of giants we've gone through already, and uh, Hill Giant has has one as well. Yeah. Um, usually, though, we've seen, you know, a unique ability or enhanced ability, or they're beefier in terms of strength or speed. Uh, this time around, it's not really the case. No? <laughs> they're, I mean... Like, hill giants are just, they're just dumb. <laughs> just idiots. And an, an elite one is is not, not much better. Okay. No. All right. Um, so, like, we've talked about they will eat anything and everything, um, like hill giants in general. Rotten food, dead creatures, like, long dead creatures, if they come across it, like, a carcass, they'll just eat it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, they have the constitution to do that and pretty much be okay and yeah. not like, you know, get the runs and need to like stay near the closest bathroom. Like, I'm interested that they didn't, didn't just give them resistance to poison. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it could, it could track. Yeah. Like you right. say. <laughs> um, so at times when, you know, food is plentiful or they've come across, you know, uh, the aftermath of a battle, there's plenty of food. They eat everything, and, um, you know, at times they can take it too far and need, have the urge to vomit or regurgitate some of the food. Um, Up Chuck. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And, And in terms of, like, hill giant culture, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a sign of Grolantor. Oh. That, like, potentially you've been, like, influenced or touched by Grolantor if you eat so much and you do vomit. So, (laughs) when that happens, that hill giant will be isolated from the group, and then they will send a priest or other, like, similar priest creature character to go and do readings of the vomit piles. Oh my god. (laughs) Holy shit. so gross. Ew. Yeah, so try and find signs, symbols, messages in the piles of vomit in hopes that they will, like, have have influence and um, direction from Gurlento. I hate everything that you just said. I know, right? It's making me shake. It's so gross. I just, yeah, I would like to vomit now. Um, <laughs> so they go through that whole process, and then if the hill giant just recovers and is like, no, I'm all right, it's fine, he just goes back to the clan like nothing happened. But if... It continues to be ill because it did just eat that really, really, really rotten thing that it just can't recover from. 
They don't help it. They just keep it isolated and let it starve until it goes mad. Okay. And so this once, like, can eat anything and everything, ate so much it vomited, then is deprived from food whatsoever until it's emaciated and goes crazy. Wow. And... That it and in that state it becomes mouth of Gorlantor, and that's the name of of this elite hill giant. They chain it up and they leave it crazed and rabid, and basically don't even consider it a hill giant anymore. It's us like a symbol of Gorlantor. It's like this creature instead. And so it kind of reminded me of, like, Smeagol becoming Gollum mm. and just, like, think giant size. Like, yeah. just horrible. Like, if, if Smeagol had been, like, chained up and emaciated to become Gollum, just that crazed, like, really, really thin, like, horrible looking compared to what they were, even though hill giants are not good looking. I'd say their boy cloth barely fits. Yeah. <laughs> Their thong is just hanging down by the ankles. Yeah, and like, and then emaciated. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it just breeze fast. Just, that mental image. Yeah. Just the drip. There's a sag now of the loincloth around the belly button. Like, oh, no God. longer a voluptuous <laughs> whale tail. It's now. Just, oh my God. Just a sagging piece of string. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So Why are they so gross? <laughs> I'm starting to like sweat here. It's so yeah. gross. Um, <laughs> so uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, and super jittery, just like yeah, on edge, like like they've got they've done too much caffeine or too many uppers, and they're starving and they're chained up. Like yeah. it's a bad scene. And so then they can never be let loose because they will absolutely go on a killing rampage. Eat so they'll everything, like yeah. hill giants, no different, just it will get out. Yeah. So hill giant clans can then actually use it as like a secret weapon if they're under siege or they're about to lose. They will just like crack open the chain on the mouth of Gorlantor and let it loose. Yeah. And sometimes it can then destroy whatever is is attacking them. Um, so nasty. So similarly, in terms of stats, it's huge chaotic evil, even though it's massively emaciated compared to a regular hill giant. Yeah. It has no higher AC um, or HP. I think it's AC 14. So you said 13. 13, so a little bit higher. Yeah. So yeah, I guess a little bit because higher. Because they're hitting their bones now. Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> ugh. And they are a little bit faster, and I give that to the jittery, like, panic of finding food. Desperation. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So they can move 50 feet. They are also immune to being frightened, which also makes sense because in that state of mind and state of just, like, adrenaline, yeah, how could you, how could you scare it? Yeah. It's biggest ability that... I mean, compared to other abilities we've talked about, um, this one's not as exciting, but it still could do a lot of damage to to a group and would be really fun to play as okay. a DM. Yeah. So it has Mouth of Madness ability, which gives it immunity to confusion spells or similar spells, and it has particular actions it takes. So first, all it does is it's kind of on autopilot. It has these certain... Um, things it can do and that's it so it doesn't give a dm 
much like to work with in terms of creativity, mm-hmm. it does these things based on dice roll. And sometimes that's better for a new DM to have something that's a very structured, like these are its three <clears throat> levels of priority and you can only do these three things. Yeah. It makes it a little bit easier for you to role play it and or play it out in a battlefield, right? Yeah, I thought that exact same thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's nice, especially like at the end of a session, if it's been a long haul session or something and you're just like, I need to throw something else at this group and like I'm mentally drained. Yeah. Like this is a pretty decent one and it packs, it does still pack a punch. Yeah. So what it does first is it will move, um, it will use all of its movement to go towards the closest source of food. That could be a creature that's trying to attack it or it could be an animal like that's pinned next to it or something. Yeah. Or you can decoy it as a group and throw like a hunk of meat at it and run, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And then the DM will roll a D10 and that determines what it does. It has two attack actions, which is bite and fist attacks. But depending on the roll, it absolutely gets one or many more attacks. So it's multi-attack, which can like bode very poorly for a group. Yeah. Um, and it does have 10 foot reach with its arms for a fist attack. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, <laughs> it can pack a punch literally, but it's, it's strong, but it's not smart. So in those rolls, depending on what you roll on that D10, it can flail around and then and eventually stun itself. Mm. <laughs> like, all on its own. Love that. Um, it could throw itself into a rage if it can't find anything to hit. Like, say, if it reaches its full movement and there's still nothing in reach, it will just rage and then, like, <laughs> do ah! its thing yeah. angry. Um, so there's lots of variety there. Uh, and so it makes it harder for, an, like, a group to anticipate what it's going to do like it's like okay this is going to bite or punch me but like will it punch five times will it punch once so it can't you can't quite anticipate what it is um but then it's easy to play because you just read the table on on what it's actually doing this is what it's gonna do yeah um and one interesting thing too as a last note on the bite attack in true, like, it will eat anything and everything, if it attacks you with a bite attack, it will take a chunk out of you. Because it's, eat- it's eating. It's eating you. It's not trying to necessarily just kill you and leave you. It's going to try and kill you and eat you at the same time. Um, it will do a decent amount of damage. Bite is a uh, plus 8 to hit and 3d6 plus... Uh, uh, strength, so 3d6 plus 5 piercing damage. It's a decent amount of damage. Um, and it regains HP oh. when it bites you, because it takes a chunk out, right? It's eating. Yeah. It's getting sustenance back. Yeah, so... Um, like That's creepy. Yeah, so it could be a thing that a DM can use and may hint at, may not hint at, but parties might recognize, like, hey... It's bitten a few people, and now it seems to be a bit beefier again. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, so keep a lookout for that. But generally, there's not anything crazy, big, better about this guy. He can maybe do a b- few more attacks with the same, like, attack options. Yeah. So, yeah, disgusting, absolutely disgusting. Uh, could be pretty fun to play as a DM, but... Uh, I just, I just can't get behind it because it's so gross. Right? (laughs) 
Well, okay, so thinking about because we talked about a couple of different attack capabilities, some of its weird personality quirks. What part of them is is your would be your favorite part to use as a DM? Uh, definitely the biting, the yeah. biting and regen, because you can't do that too often unless you're in like around trolls, which I think we'll talk about eventually. Yeah. But yeah, like that one I think is pretty cool. It might give you yourself as a DM maybe another round of combat because you can regen if everyone's attacking the one thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of fun. I like it. I would want to use them. Um, for the fact that they're caged up until they're needed. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that, like, that idea that this, like, colony of giants just keeps them caged and probably carry them around with them everywhere they go just in case. But as a DM, I would love on a battlefield to have these cages littered around. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, like, and they'll go into battle... And then if they start to lose and they're falling back, they would definitely, like, just, like, break the chains on these things to give them a little bit more of an upper hand. Absolutely. Like, I can't see a group of hill giants going to war, but I can see, like, if the frost giants were going to war or something like that or were going on a raid, they would, I would have them go and find one of these. Yeah. So it's almost like I, it would be neat that if your your group was going through even just, like, a frost frost giants camp and somehow you made friends with them because your barbarian was strong and everything worked out in your favor... And then all of a sudden you see these caged hill giants around, specifically just as, like, guard dogs or, like, what have you, right? Like, I feel they're going to be used yeah, in that way. Yeah, I love that. That could be so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well in the sense of, like, if you're dungeon delving into, like, the realm of where hill giants reside and you come across that one in, like, if you're going to rescue someone, say, from the cellars, and then you come across this one, and you have, like, the scary creature that's, like, rumbling and growling in a dark cell. Yeah. You can kind of get into the fear aspect of what the hell it is. Yeah. And then if they decide to set it free, because someone will. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Someone on your team is going to set that sucker free. Yeah. It could be, like, it's yet another... Your, it's your lawfully stupid paladin. is going to be like, oh, it's a creature. We must save yeah. it. It's important. It's important <laughs> that they survive, too. Yeah. Giants are people, too. And it's like, I don't know if that's a good idea, my guy. You probably shouldn't do that. Like, no, we're doing it. And then everybody dies. Yeah. Because usually by the time you get to that point in that, like, adventure... You are exhausted. You've probably used a lot of your abilities. You finally got to the person that you're trying to save. And then you, like, if there was a guard or whatever, and you're just like, get him and get out. And then, oh, wait. And then you're going to have a a pretty decent battle if you let him out. Yeah. So (laughs) party and just be like, well, shit. (laughs) Fucking frightening, Casey. Well, there's some other famous giants, too. I think the most famous ones, I think. Yeah, and these ones are uh, generally in, like, Storm King Thunder, Tales of the Yawning Portal, uh, Chief Nos- Nosra? Nostra. Nostra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stronghold. That was the word I was trying to think of. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes. Um, so, Chief Nosra appears in... Um, a stronghold in Tales of Yanni Portal. He's the chief and has the abilities of a frost giant, just with no immunities. So, decently beefed up. And it makes sense that it's with frost giant, because frost giant is, kind of, behaves similarly. They're just bigger. Like, they will attack until death. Like, they won't negotiate as much. 
Um, yeah. Frost giants are like your um, uh, like Viking fighters. If anybody didn't listen to the last episode that we did on frost giants, they're basically they're giant brutes that are they raid, they pillage, they like they're scary, scary, yeah, scary, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would be bad to fuck around with. So, yeah, so this guy, definitely, when you come across him or play him, he's he's beefier. Um, he also wears splint armor, so his AC is higher at 17. Okay, so, so he's smart enough to put on some fucking armor. Yeah. That, would, that tracks with, like, the Frost Giants, because the Frost Giants also wear, like, pieces of armor. Yeah, Proper so... Proper armor, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A little bit um, more of a challenge, for sure, for players. Next is Grutha, which is... Chief Nostra's wife. Mm -hmm. And so she is, like, kind of, you'll encounter her. Likely, if you're going to encounter Chief Nostra, you're going to encounter Grutha. Yeah. She is a hill giant, and kind of nothing super exciting about her, except I found interesting she has a pet cave bear um, as her guard. So So if you... Somehow end up coming across them. She will have her pet cave bear, and the that bear has uh, polar bear stats. So that's always fun to play. Yeah, just like the pet. Yeah, I always like the like, and I'll get to the questions in a little bit. But I always like the idea of um, pets if they ever get injured. Uh huh. Like how they would react, you know, like if like to their pet being killed or injured, right? Like I always feel like they should have like a an immunity boost of some kind just because they've now watched their pet fall and die protecting them. Yeah. Right? I think it would be a very emotional thing, especially for anyone, but like for giants that have probably raised them from cubhood to be what they are, right? And that could also be some kind of spin-off of a like a challenge or task where like go steal Chief Nostra's Nostra's wife's pet. And yeah. that's all the information you get. Yeah, that's it. And you have, so you have to go find your way through um, maybe try and convince people to give you some information on where it might be, and then go and try and capture it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you use it as a bar- oh, you could use it as a bargaining chip. Yes, that'd be smart. Yeah, and you don't know what it is till you see it. So it's like, oh, oh someone might have been like, it's a dog, or like we were talking about, it'd be like, oh, it has a pet goat. Like if you ask a yeah. giant, it's like, <laughs> it's like. Grutha's the wrong word for it. Yeah. Yes. It's like some like, stupid Grutha's pet. Where do I find Grutha's Oh, the goat over there, in there. And, like, <laughs> and then oh, okay. it's a polar bear, basically. Oh, my God. Like, you, uh, bud, you, you dealt us in the wrong, wrong way here, my friend. Yeah. How very dear. Oh, man. Out of the two of them, so looking at um, Nasra and then Grutha, which one out of those two do you think that you would be more inclined to use in a campaign? Uh... What would I use? Well, I actually like the idea I just had. So I would probably I would probably focus on the wife and her pet yeah. in the adventure. Casey's now um, building an entire campaign around Grutha. Yeah. Save the save the cave bear. That yeah. is your that is your quest. <laughs> Go forth. Oh man. <laughs> no, I love the idea of Nos around the fact that like he basically identifies as a frost giant just like in physicality, strength and like garb, mm-hmm. but is a hill giant. Like, yeah. if there was to be, this would be where I would find, like, a clan or a, a cult, almost, of, of hill giants, because they're worshipping this giant, which is probably much larger than they are, 
much smarter than they are and isn't stupid. So it does say that, like, if there is every once in a while a hill giant that is smart enough not to fall into the trope of being a hill giant just running around just eating stuff, mm-hmm. they tend to become the stronger, more capable beings. And I just love the idea of telling that backstory of how they got there. Because we yeah. do find a lot of the times we do get a little bit of a backstory in these books, but... I always find it very interesting to want to play games that give you the backstory as to how they ended up in the stronghold. Mm-hmm. Like that part. Like, because you're never going to learn that from them. You're going to rock up to this cavern and go into this stronghold and you're going to kill it. And you're like, thanks for what I came here for. Peace out, right? Yeah. But like these, they've lived a life, you know? Like they, he's, this person, for some reason, he got his splint armor from somewhere. And I always love them when they put those little details of like, maybe the splint armor has like the crest of the family that he took it from. And it's actually like the falling of like a totally huge, like, <laughs> like clan. Right. But like you as a group wouldn't pick up on that unless you take the time to observe and look at these characters. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I think I've watched way too much Stranger Things and they're picking up on those little D&D <laughs> details where I'm just like, oh my God, the theories. It's yeah. one of those things I want to start incorporating more in my games is adding those little Easter egg nugget details. Adam does it really well. Mm-hmm. And I know we talk about Adam as our DM a lot because he is our main DM and has been for the last three years, like forever DM. Sorry, my guy. Yeah. But he does a really good job about giving us these little Easter egg nuggets and then us finding out episodes later, like for fucking instance, <laughs> everyone at the table knew that my long lost brother was traveling under a different name with another one of our PC characters <laughs> and I was the last one to find out and I was pissed and the only thing that like I led to it was the fact that he was a half elf monk that yeah. I was fighting beside and then I was like was oh like, cool wait. another half elf monk that's really cool oh my fucking god <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we're not talking, like, the session later it's revealed. We're talking in time, sometimes six to eight months prior, and sometimes six to eight episodes ago. And, like, it's a long build. It's a slow burn. Yeah, because I found out my brother was in the world in, like, episode two. (laughs) And we're on, like, what, episode, like, what, 12, 13? Yeah. And, like, I found out that he's been with us the whole fucking time. (laughs) Not bitter at all. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyways... That, those are my feelings we on digress. that. We digress. <laughs> we digress. All right, so let's talk about what it's like to kind of role play one of these little hill giants. Um, so what's something about these that you would give uh, or tell a new DM to really look into if they were wanting to either role play a hill giant or um, like just infiltrate one of in their games? What advice do you have? I, I love them. I think any campaign you ever do, use a hill giant at some point. Mm-hmm. Like really fun pretty easy to play because you don't have to think a lot no <laughs> like really you literally don't have to think it's a negative three intelligence let me remind you yeah yep like you can also have a lot of creativity in like playing off of kind of your your actual players disdains for certain things like if somebody has a really like light stomach you can then like describe things in horrific detail about what it looks like or like you know, you come across this giant creature that's like covered in mud and it's leaning over and it seems to be eating something. And then does somebody go closer? Yes, of course. Like the rogue or whatever goes, sneaks closer. And then you realize that it's like chewing at the spine of a broken like human body. And then like, you know, you can just like go into nasty. It's got intestines hanging out of their teeth. Yeah. It's like picking it out with like someone's like rib cage (sighs) bone. Yeah. yeah, the whole nine yards. Like, you can be very descriptive with these. Yeah, and I think 
for sure out of giants, this is the only one you can really do that with and just go gruesome, like horror. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just very macabre. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. No, so I that's what like, I would do. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, it's, like, to, to your point, like, I feel like Hill Giants, because they're everywhere, every playing group that's adventuring around should come across one at some point. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you're going to put it in, i definitely do a little bit of reading and a little bit of research behind. Again, I like having reasons as to why they're there. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy our random encounters where they just randomly appear. But there have been random encounters that we have had that are, end up being imperative to the story. Yeah. Even though it's rolled randomly on a table and it fell out of a portal and it's just randomly in front of us, somehow it gets tied into the story. And I think that that's one thing that really shows like a really good DM is being able to pick up and like take any of these little details about these creatures and then develop a story upon them. Absolutely. But, and I think that like, um, something that I love about them though is also like their combat style because they, they would attack you first. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to throw rocks from you at a distance. Like, again, as I mentioned, they're not going to rock up and run up to you and, like, make them announce themselves and be like, whoa, fuck you, and, like, hit you with a great club from close counter. They're going to throw rocks from you from the trees until they find you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, so, as a DM, like, you can definitely, in a combat, you're not necessarily, like, idiotic, because you're still a hunter. Mm-hmm. So, as as brutish and stupid as you are, if you if you as a DM were playing a hill giant that's wandering around and you do come across a group of adventurers, you're going to look at them like you're hunting them. Yeah. So. And you're not, and there's no stealth, there's no nothing involved. It's, what is that? Okay, I'm going for it. Yeah. And we'll throw rocks until it's close enough that it can do something more. But yeah. it's, it, and it's like, throw it whichever way, shape, or form, like, just doing it. Yeah, and I can imagine if you were coming up to, like, the lair or a cave of one of these hill giants as a, an adventuring group, as a DM, you can definitely, to your point, get as macabre and descriptive as to what that cave looks like. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be gross. Yeah. There's going to be puddles of just goop and just bones and, yeah. again, regurgitation. I like how we just, like, breeze over the fact that they fucking, like, tea leaf read their vomit. Yeah. Like, that to me was just... <laughs> Is disgusting, but like as a very spiritual person, I was like, "That's fucking metal as hell." Yeah, like <laughs> I was so excited to tell you about that. I <laughs> like you knew that I would fucking love it, and I do. I fucking love it. I think that's hilarious because I think it would be so funny if you had a character in your campaign. Because as I said, most people nowadays will take giant as a language, um, especially if they're doing a history type of character. And I feel like if you, as a um, as a DM building an NP, like a, an NPC for your team, had spent time with hill giants and learned how to tea leaf read vomit, <laughs> and that's just like a weird macabre skill that that NPC has. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like your team like gets really sick from some rancid meat that they ate one day, and it's just like a, just a fun little story to happen at the campfire. Someone vomits, and he walks over and just kind of looks at it, starts poking around at yeah. it. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, oh, there's there's definitely something here. I am seeing I love a dark and mysterious handsome man that's going to come over the top of the hill and carry you away in the next 24 hours. So <laughs> so good. Right? Because <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, we're always trying to find ways to give characters hints of what's coming. And it's always the classic dreams or... Um, someone gets, like, a calling from their god, or, like, it's very, very commonly used items. Why the fuck not use someone's vomit? Yeah, I'm a vomit reader. I'm a vomit reader. <laughs> like, and you just introduce yourself. Like, you have, like, like a card. You're like, my name is XYZ, and I, I am a vomit reader. Mm-hmm. Five dollars a read. 
I carry rancid meat on me. You don't need to have it. I, I will provide you with the with what you need to vomit. Oh, I love it. But yeah. That's an NPC that will just continue on for, for decades in the game. Oh, absolutely. Just like reading people's vomit. <laughs> and people will like know who we... The best part is, is like if you were in a place where hill giants were common and people knew that this was a trait that hill giants had, they know that this random like, I don't know, half-elf historian knows how to read vomit mm-hmm. and will come from all over the world just to get their vomit read. <laughs> and so, like, you'll be traveling around with this NPC and all of a sudden they'll be like, oh my god, that's the illustrious blah blah blah. I want him to read my vomit. And then there's people just vomiting all over the place as you're walking through town with this person because he's so famous <laughs> and everybody wants their vomit read. Oh my god, I love it This so is going much. down a weird fucking don't like it. Just. <laughs> Thank you for everyone who is still listening. <laughs> 15-minute tangent on vomit On <laughs> vomit. I love it. Um, yeah, Please not... do that, Megan. Please do this whole story. I love it so much. <laughs> I know. I really want to add it in somewhere. Like, my character in this game that we're playing can a nose giant. Uh, so I'm going to, like, probably have a nice sidebar with Adam. Or in my next campaign that I'm building, I'll probably just build an NPC that can read vomit. Mm-hmm. And has a best friend named, like, Gus, who was a, who was a hill giant at one point. Right? Right? <laughs> Again, buddy cop that, and then, like, you just learned from them. Yeah, oh, exactly. So good. <laughs> well, on that tangent, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Oh, man, I I am just... Elated with Elated. Those <laughs> My stomach's a little bit upset, but... <laughs> the wine is helping, right? Yes. <laughs> Settling things down. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, in true form of, of rolling down the levels of Giant... This one is hilarious to end on because it is disgusting and and in, but interesting. Yeah. And probably one of the ones that will more than likely be in your campaign. Yeah. So I like that we spent a lot of time on this one too. Yeah. Also just like a reminder to DMs that like, yeah, you can throw these in there for like, as we said, just for a little bit of flavor, a little bit of fun in your random encounters, but you can definitely look into the history for them and like give them a purpose because they mm-hmm. are utilized from other giants like they're used as like servants they are mm-hmm. used as the, the in like bodies to go to war like they're they're looked at as pawns to other giants yeah right so they have jobs in my mind you know yeah like some of them will be taught to be like acolytes or priestesses or things like that like just to take care of certain lands or they'll be farmers for someone or yeah just like battle mongers right like they'll have a purpose mm-hmm I mean, again, you can have them running around naked and just having a good time in the back of the, like, behind your group of adventurers, but you could get Wine a little more... Loincloths in the breeze. Yeah, loincloths in the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I love the imagery of the falling down song. No, that one makes me... <laughs> Don't start it. All right. Okay. So that is all for this giant summer special episode on Hill Giants. Stay tuned for next week when we talk about more hill giants who knows who can whoops can say (laughs) thanks for listening to this special episode of it's a mimic podcast if you'd like to support us we have a donate button on our website www.itsamimic.com and if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today you can find us on facebook instagram and at r slash it's a mimic for other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Loincloths. <laughs> Vomit. Vomit. Word of the day. <laughs>
Sorry, Adam. This is going to be a hard one for you to edit. I'm tired today. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.